Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Show Network thing. That's a podcast uh, that talks about Lost. Uh, we are back for another episode of season five of Lost. Uh, not manifest; it's been done. Uh, but we might time travel back and see if we can save Manifest. But Ben, <laughs> dead is dead. There's no bringing back Manifest. So just whatever happened, happened, deal with it. It's not coming back. Uh, this week we're talking about Ben, not Waterworth, uh, Linus. Dead is dead, uh, which is the 12th episode of season five. So in the home stretch, uh, aired on april 8th 2009 oh where did the time go uh and written by brian cavorn and elizabeth s sarnoff uh and directed by stephen williams uh we're going back to the present and back to ben and uh darth lock so uh my name is noah and i'm going to kill your daughter Pleasure to meet you, Noah. I'm Ben. <laughs> that's <Not> it. Ben. <laughs> yes, that's it. I was going to say Caesar, but your name's Noah. So can I just say, Flight of the Concords has ruined this episode for me because I just keep hearing this is Diddy's Did. You know, not it's loving. Diddy's Did. Hello to our Kiwi listeners out there. Diddy's Did. You know, it's not fair. When I can't think of anything, I have to say rodents. But when you can't think of anything, you just say, my name's Ben, and it's still related to the episodes. So. I know, right? It's pretty um, good. I, fact, can I, say, I want to start off straight away by interrupting you before you get your thoughts on this. I just read this on Lostpedia. This has the lowest ever rating ever. This got the lowest ratings for all of Lost. Like any Lost episode, this had the lowest ratings, TV ratings. I'm I'm offended by that. That's uh, even expose got more votes than this. Stranger in Strange Land. People tune in for that, but not for this. Well, this is a good episode. This is where uh, I read that as well, and this is where I don't really get why. I don't know if there was something that aired on this day, but I don't get how that happens. How does like a twelfth episode of season five become the lowest rated? Did they just advertise this one badly? I don't know how that even happens. You would think it would be a season six episode towards the end or something people have given up, but I don't know how people then came back for the next one. I don't really understand what happened there. Maybe something big was airing on April 8, 2009. Um, but, yeah, this is a return for a Ben episode, a third Ben episode. 
now I was wondering when I watched this episode, I don't think I actually know this answer. Are you a, a Benjamin? Or just a I ben? am a I am a Benjamin, yes, unfortunately. Do you ever uh, introduce yourself as Benjamin? Never. Only legally. E- e- like if I have to catch a plane or I've got to, you know. <laughs> yeah, legal- <laughs> all those court appearances. Um, it's only ever like put your full name. So I, I will often get Benjamin when I like catch a plane or like if I ring up, you, you know, the bank or something like that. They call me Benjamin and I'm straight away like, Ben's fine. Um, and I've met Benjamins who like being called Benjamin, and I'm like, are you are you stupid or something? Like, what's wrong with you? So yes, I am a Benjamin. Oh yeah, because I noticed he introduced himself as Ben in this episode. Um, so I'm like, do people with longer names, how do they generally introduce themselves by their full name or what they go by or what? Um, Will you know him? <laughs> well, I get a, I get a, living in this country. I get a lot of my my middle name has become more prominent in my life than I ever thought I would. What um, is your? Am I allowed to say your middle name, or are you scared that people will like steal your identity if I say your your middle name is Mildred? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Mildred. That's why that's, the Mildred joke's finally been revealed after all these years. It's Noah's middle name. <laughs> Well, I on all my IDs and everything here, my uh, family name is my is first. So when I'm doing my banking, when I'm doing all my uh, sort of IDs, it's uh, last name, first name, middle name for everything. So I've gotten used to my name being all flipped around now. Uh, so I'm going to just start introducing myself as Groves. Yes, hello, um, Mr. Groves. Well, Mr. Noah. Sorry, that should be Groves Noah. That's who you some, are. Some of my students sometimes call me Mr. Noah. I've never told them to do that, but I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of nice, I'd, Mr. Noah. I, I got called Mr. Bean once at a, a takeaway store in America <laughs> because it was that like has it was to do with your name. It was um yeah well true they just looked at me but it was it was at um I think like the Dallas airport. And I can't remember, was it, you know, Taco Bell or one of these places? So they get your name. Like, what's your name? And I'm like, Ben. And they obviously put, like, Mr. And then they put, like, Ben. Like, that's what they put it there. They obviously thought I said beans. So and literally I've got a receipt that says Mr. Bean on it. Thanks, Texas. <laughs> Mr. Bean. <laughs> you wish I was making that up. Like, seriously, I, I, I never understood how, like, Americans and Canadians could not understand my name is Ben. Like, how, what does that sound oh. like outside of Ben in an American? Ben in an ben? American accent. It's not Aaron or Aaron. Yeah, well, they call Aaron Aaron and they call Bernard Bernard, so... Uh, Daniel Craig. Can't trust the Americans with anything. Craig, yeah. <laughs> Our favourite uh, Bond actor, Daniel Bean. Craig. <laughs> Mr. That's Bean. So funny, Mr. Bean. Teddy. Did you ever, when you were an annoying teenager, did you ever give the a fake name for the coffee orders? Uh, I didn't, but I worked at Starbucks, so I got that every single day. <laughs> um, and you'd get like, yeah, the obnoxious high school kids. Oh, 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 Superman. <laughs> And then you'd be standing at the bar, got a tall decaf latte for Superman. Superman, you're tall. And they'd be like, oh, that's me. Ah!" And you'd just be like, here's your fucking coffee. (laughs) Joke's on you. His his name is Superman. Exactly. Uh, Could have literally been Superman. You never know. Clark Kent. There he is. One time I gave Dante (laughs) uh, 
and he said, oh, that's an interesting name. And I said, yeah. And he said, like Dante's Inferno. I said, yeah. And then when it came to read out the, the name, he refused to say it. I'm like, what if my name actually was Dante? Wow. That's a bit offensive. <laughs> yeah, offensive to all the Dantes out there. That's a good name. That's a that's a potential, you know, not that I'm ever going to have kids. I mean, come on, I'm not allowed to legally, <laughs> but um, I'd call a kid Dante. That's a cool name. Dante Bean. Dante Bean. Uh, <laughs> Dante Waterworth. Sounds a bit pretentious. Hello, I'm Dante Waterworth. <laughs> I got accepted into a prestigious school in Europe like Noah did. Dante Waterworth. Dante Waterworth. Hello. I'd hate that kid. Well done of names. I'd bully that kid at school. <laughs> Go back to your country club, Dante Waterworth. I'll click my polo <laughs> stick to leave. <laughs> uh, I'm really interested to see how your kids are going to turn out because it could go one of two ways. <laughs> Noah, uh, we, we know the story around that. I'm not having children. Uh, every time I get close, something happens. So clearly the universe does not want me to have children, so it's fine. <laughs> We've already got one best, host maybe. on this podcast who has kids. That's enough. Yeah, he seems like he hates every second of it. I was going to say, he loves it. Being a father's great, isn't it? I think yesterday, yeah, to, to date this, we recorded, an, we recorded an episode yesterday. I think Casper, I could see him sneak in the background. So Colin's like muted himself, like, I'm like, come upstairs, come upstairs. I'm podcast. All jokes aside, he seems like a very loving father. We, he is. We think he's probably I've, the most fit for the job out of the three of us. I've, I've stayed at his house. I've seen him father in person. So, um, yeah, he's he's... Not a bad father. Well, the way the way his wife talks about him on her Instagram is basically Jesus. Jesus. I mean, well, literally, like you think this guy, like fucking hell, Jamie, like it's sweet and all, but even I'm starting to get turned on by Colin. You, you're doing something for me, <laughs> father of the year. Uh, no, good dad. All jokes, all jokes. Uh, we need to get into this. Dead is dead. Do you like this episode? <laughs> I do. I actually really do like this episode. I love a Ben episode, and not just because he's got a great name, but I don't know. There's just something about a Ben episode which is always exciting <laughs> because he's he's just a he's just a prick, but like he's such a great prick. And then I love the fact that we find out what happens and how we got Alex. I love sort of uh, the Widmore rivalry. We kind of get to see that. Um, I, and, like, knowing who Locke is, like, it makes you watch this episode so differently. And, like, I'm really paying attention to Locke and basically, like, it makes so much sense who he is because, like, he never, like, every time he gets questioned about him and how he's alive, he kind of answers it with a question. So, like, he's kind of just avoiding it by answering it. Like, it's really, really clever. So, um, no, I think this is a great episode. I, I'm spoiling this right now. To me, this is the best episode of season five so far and my ratings will reflect that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry, the life uh, and death of Jeremy Bentham. You have been relegated to the silver medal. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, well, yeah, the man in black is playing 4D chess this week. I mean, yeah. this is it's a Ben episode, but it's really the man in black's episode. Um, yeah, this is not my favourite of the Ben episodes, but... After a few lackluster, and I say lackluster meaning he's still like the best part of the show, but <laughs> after a few lackluster Ben episodes or Ben kind of appearances the last two weeks, 
it's really nice to just get some of that Michael Emerson magic because it's like, oh, make this so guy good. a freaking Bond villain already. Oh, like, come please. On. Make him Bond. I don't care about his age. <laughs> like, my name is Money Bond. Penny. James Bond. Like, oh, God, make him, I don't know, make him quarrel. Like, Jesus, he's so good. Like, he just, he just gives me shivers even thinking about him, Michael Emerson. He's just, he's brilliant. I've got something for you, Ben. Bond 26, a one-off special movie about an aging Bond who comes out of retirement starring Pierce Brosnan as James Bond and Michael Emerson as an aged Felix Leiter teaming up for one last mission. How does that sound? I just got erect. That's how that sounds. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. A genuine Felix Leiter, Michael Emerson. I was going to say a genuine erection um, based on that. But, uh, I mean, Pierce rocks the Colonel Sanders look now, so I want to see a disheveled grey-haired Bond with, like, you know, the the Colonel Sanders look. But the thing is, Michael Emerson doesn't look that old now, does he? Like, I think kind of on the three three things he's done since Lost, um, he still looks pretty decent. His filmography's not aged well, but he's aged well. Michael, like, how is, um, what's the name, a thing, Zendaya? How is Zendaya a thing? And Michael Emerson is not anymore. Can you explain that to me? I don't know what a Zendaya is. Is it she's the uh, the MJ girl in the new Spider Man movies? Yeah, <laughs> 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 she just voiced Lo- Lola Bunny in Space Jam Two. She is in that show about teenage sex, which I really need to watch. Um, she was in the Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman. Um, clearly, I'm hitting it out of the park here for things Noah has seen, but. I don't like her, and I don't get why she's a thing, yet Michael Emerson is relegated to, like, crappy network TV shows. Like, this is just, there is something wrong with this world when that is a thing. I think it's sad that I proposed to you. Uh, oh, a, when? Uh, I say yes. <laughs> that would be sad. <laughs> I proposed to you a Bond film with uh, Michael Emerson's Felix Leiter, and I've just, I've just realised that... Uh, in this show, we've actually had one of the Felix Liders <laughs> we're just ignoring. <laughs> TV's John, John Terry. Terry. There Movie's he is. John Terry getting <laughs> shafted by Michael Emerson. Um, well, I've, got to, I've got to say, in a world that we live in, that like probably my two favourite TV villains of all time are uh, Giancarlo Esposito, a.k.a. Gus Fring, and Michael Emerson, a.k.a. Benjamin Linus. Now, I'm so happy that Giancarlo Esposito has continued on to play, like, great villains. He's Mr. Cartoony villain in The Mandalorian. So I better see fucking Michael Emerson in, like, Obi-Wan or all these 50 oh. other Star Wars spin-offs they're putting out there because, I mean, yeah, if Giancarlo Esposito can pull off the camp over-the-top cartoonish villain, so can freaking Michael Emerson. Like, come on, Star Wars and Lucasfilm. Make him a Star Wars villain. Oh, the man in black's a Star Wars him? villain. Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine Michael oh. Emerson in his sort of empire get up and just so like good. yelling at different people and ordering people around and... Oh. Oh. Stop it! I need to go. I need to. I need to go lay down on my bed and get some tissues. You're getting me too excited this episode. It actually, makes me genuinely a little upset because it's just such wasted potential. He could be so good. Like, 
What happened? Give him all the Kevin Spacey roles that are yeah. gone because he's not doing them. So give them to Michael Emerson. Like, and and like not trying to say Michael Emerson in real life is like Kevin Spacey, but like Michael Emerson and Kevin Spacey are very similar. Like you can see him having the range of Kevin Spacey. Like with House of yeah, Cards, like, where's the House of Cards reboot? The last season was so shit. Like bring it back and th- you know Michael Frank's Emerson. had some surgery. Michael Emerson's Frank. And it, it's such a joy this week as well just to have Terry O'Quinn and Michael Emerson back together, uh, the duo, and Terry O'Quinn as well. Like, oh. at this point, we don't know he's the man in black. He doesn't even know it. He knocks it out of the park. Like, this is a different character. And this, this is why, again, I love this episode because, it, as you say, you've got these two together uh, and just, like, just they're so, like, just they just hold on its own. Like, I mean, I praise Evangeline a little last week. I think it's maybe her strongest episode. Matthew Fox is doing well. Um, update, we don't know where he is still. But, I mean, it's just, there's just something about these two that just, it's, it's like if you were watching this and all of a sudden you were watching Meryl Streep opposite Kevin Spacey, like, you know, and kind of that's just the elevation level that you've got there. So... Yeah. Oh, gummy <laughs> Well, the resemblance is striking. Um, come on. You can see it. Sophie's Choice reboot. <laughs> I, I want, um, yeah, I want Terry O'Quinn playing uh, Lindy Chamberlain in that, the one about the Dingo 8, whatever it was called, a Cry in the Dark or whatever it was called. So, Meryl well, Streep, great Australian accent. They should have. Yeah. <laughs> They should have gotten um, bloody Meryl Streep on as Claire Littleton. She could have put on a better Australian accent than yeah, her. Why couldn't Meryl Streep play Claire's mum? That would have been good. Tell you one thing, just by mentioning Meryl Streep today, we've actually got a nominator for an Oscar. So well done, Meryl. I think the best Australian accent I ever heard is, is he, I think his name is Dev Patel in the... Oh. Was it called yeah, Lion? The, or the one, the Tasmanian uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's a convincing Australia. better than my Australian accent. I was working at the Mercury when they were filming that, and Nicole Kidman was in town filming. So we had to be paparazzi and go camp outside a street to see if we could see Nicole Kidman. So, spoiler alert, we didn't. So, <laughs> sorry to say. <laughs> and that was your life peaked at that moment. Yeah. Well, it's actually, I um a childhood I, I friend of mine. Actually, she. Stayed at. She stayed at. No, I want to hear about your childhood. Oh, right, friend. okay. Well, yeah, because you don't believe that I ever had a childhood friend, but um, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, a childhood friend of mine was like really close friends with the guy that it was based off, um, and he liked her to the point that he wanted to like date her. And she's all like, no, no, I'm not really interested. And, like, this was at the time they were, like, filming this movie and they were talking about Oscar bars. And I remember saying to her, I'm like, Brie, like, listen to me. Because she was obsessed with Tom Cruise. So I'm like, okay, play this out in your head. You date this guy. He's going to go to the Oscars next year because he's going to get nominated for Oscars. You will be his date. Nicole Kidman is in the movie. You will meet Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman was married to Tom Cruise. Like, are you seeing where I'm going here? Like, the baby steps are there. Just freaking lead this guy on for a year. I'll lead this guy on for a year. I want to date him and go to the Oscars and meet Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. I didn't. He, he rejected me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's my weird story. I don't think she's really Tom Cruise's type. <laughs> How do you know? Have you ever met my friend Bree? <laughs> well, 
I'm guessing based on the name, it's a woman. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, ooh, you get, oh, you nailed it. That's right. Tom Cruise is a massive homosexual. We forgot about that here on the Oz Network. Can I just point out random, random thing? On Michael Emerson, I did not realise who he's married to in real life. He's married to the actress Carrie Preston, who is not a big name. But if you watch True Blood, like I did, she was a very prominent character in True Blood. So there you go. Next time I watch True Blood, I'm going to be like, oh, that's Michael Emerson's wife. So She played his, she played his mum in the... First Ben flashback. Oh, well, that's a little bit Which awkward. Which is a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't know how I feel about that now. Let's stick, let's stick to the uh, True Blood connection there. Uh, yeah, this episode, it's it's good. Uh, last week, we talked about how it zoomed by. I actually think this episode felt like it went on for a long time. And I don't necessarily think that's bad. But the pacing is, is especially very different to last week's episode. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an interesting episode. It's not my favourite of the BEM ones, but there's still some great stuff here. Um, before we get into it, last week we did mention the fact that Josh Holloway clearly had a cold when he was filming last week's episode, which I thought was interesting because you don't see that on TV often, people being sick, but... I don't know if you picked up on that, but he clearly had a cold last week, so yeah. hopefully he got better by this week. Yeah. Well, he's not in this week's episode, is he? He's he's stuck in the 70s. No, yeah, so. take a break because of his big cold. He had COVID yeah, there. So I'm just quickly, yeah. just, well, just randomly, Kate. while we're still on Michael Emerson, I think we've mentioned this before, but have you ever watched his show that he's in right now called Evil? Um, no. Which... <laughs> Apparently, he's been nominated for a Critics' Choice Super Award for Best Actor in a Horror Series uh, and also a Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actor. In I mean, of course he should get nominated for awards. He's Michael Emerson, but this show just sounds stupid. Like, it's <laughs> evil. Um, okay, cool. He's not. He's only the third build star. He's behind Kajita Herbers and Mike Coulter. The Kajita Mike. Herbers. Mike Coulter, yeah. Wow. That's now, my story. I think uh, Nestor Carbonell is also in some new show, but I can't quite remember. He was in a show, he's in a show with someone else who's famous, I think. So maybe you can find that out. I will look that up uh, for you while you continue to talk, and we actually should probably get into this episode. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the episode. So we start with the flashbacks. So uh, this is more of a sort of uh, not like telling one traditional story, but a bunch of scenes that sort of link together. Uh, and we start with the young Ben, who we've seen quite a bit of lately. Um, and he's being brought to the others' camp uh, after he's been shot. And he's introduced to Charles Whitmore. Dun, 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 plot twist. Pretty good casting for a young Charles Whitmore, I think. I'm with it. I I think he uh, looks like a, a younger Alan Dale. I think he looks more like a slightly younger Alan Dale than the other young guy that we have. We had him yet, the mm. super young one, or is he still to come? Yeah, um, we had him once. We had him once, but um, no, I, I like this. But like the the only thing I don't like about this is just I mean I know it's done for television, but it's the way people introduce themselves when they reveal their name. It's like how we had I'm Daniel Daniel Russo, and like now we've got I'm Charles. Charles Widmore. Like, I never, in- like, if somebody beats me, like, oh, hello, what's your name? Oh, no, what's your name? I'm Ben. Ben Waterworth. <laughs> like, who introduces them? Like, only James Bond can do that. But, like, I just want to meet someone one day for the first time. Like, I'm Charles. Charles Widmore. 
<laughs> well, here I would say I'm Groves, Noah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, Mildred, of course. Just quickly, uh, the only thing I'm seeing here that Nessa Carbonell was in, he's uh, currently the voice of Ponce de Leon in DuckTales. Uh, the voice of Chief Cruz in Big Hero 6, the series. And maybe are you thinking of The Morning Show, in which he is in that with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Billy Crudup. Yeah, that was it. I saw him like, he's in a show with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, Steve Carell, Julianne Marguerite. Yeah, Steve um, Carell, that was the other one. I, I saw that. I'm like, wow, well, a bit out of your league, Nesta. And I'm a big Nesta fan. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Nesta fan too, but, like, no offence, I'm sorry, but that role should go to Michael Emerson over Nesta Carbonell. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Shafted again. I know. Like, Academy Award winner <laughs> Reese Witherspoon, Academy Award nominated Steve Carell, Emmy Award winner Jennifer Anderson. I mean, I guess he's Emmy Award winner Michael Emerson, but, I mean, still, like, come on. Nesta, what have you been nominated for? Best eyeliner at the Emmys? I don't know. Like, no offence. No. <laughs> Oh, you, you went too low, then. I did. Uh, oh, Ke- Kelly Clarkson was in it for an episode. I mean, come on. <laughs> they could get Kelly Clarkson, but they can't get Michael Emerson. Oh, geez. They're just not trying hard. Try harder, the morning show. Do a trade and put Kelly Clarkson in evil and put Michael Emerson <laughs> in the morning show. Oh, often confused, uh, Kelly I- Clarkson and Michael Emerson. I've never heard of the morning show, but it's an absolutely star-studded cast for a it's, show that seemingly yeah. had not had much of attention. Well, it actually got a lot. Of, I think it was like one of Apple TV's like lead sort of uh, original series, and I think it won a shit ton of awards at the time. I've I've got it. I've not watched it, so um, I've heard it's good. Hmm. Well, we can watch it for Nesta. Um, but we we jump ahead uh, to 1988 now, and. We have a young Ben, which, you know, uh, maybe in 2021 we could have used, like, the deep fake technology, but this is just Ben the with a, a silly haircut. Like, <laughs> this man aged well from 1988, but he didn't age well from 1977 <laughs> to 1988. I know. <laughs> when we literally saw him giving a sandwich to Saeed, it's only been 11 years. <laughs> And Ethan, talk about aging quickly. I mean, Ethan's meant to be 11 here or something, isn't he? Like, he looks about, like, 22. The the young Ethan is so annoying here. Yes. Uh, I kind of like Ben and Ethan, young Ben and Ethan, off on a little mission around the island, though. But he's so annoying, the young Ethan. Um, What what about young Alex, though? That's even more annoying, right? My baby! My baby, baby! (laughs) Well, I find it uh, weird that they had a young uh, Alan Dale impersonator, but for Ben, they just put a funny haircut on him. But I guess they wanted to utilise Michael Emerson as much as possible. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, so they're sitting here, and we actually get to see the moment where Ben takes uh, Alex, which... At this point, we didn't know that it was specifically Ben. And this was, I remember, a scene I never thought we would actually see. I didn't think we ever really had to see this, but I like the scene. Uh, we get hot Russo back. Um, not that Mira Ferland's not hot. Rest in peace, Mira Ferland. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we get to see the young hot Russo, and they're going to kill her. That's their mission, to kill Russo. Uh 
and then he comes and he goes to kill her. They take the baby, uh, they uh, but they knock over the music box, which is a nice callback to season one. I like all the little connections they do there. And Russo wakes up and this is where he hears the baby, which makes Ben pause and she says, my baby, my baby. <laughs> my baby. Uh, <laughs> my baby. Uh, ben ends up taking the baby, uh, but in the end lets Russo live. Uh, and amazing acting from Michael Emerson. And you hear whispers, you run the other way. And, oh. uh, so good, but I this I don't know if I like this scene or not. I like that we got to see it. I don't know if we needed to see it. I like that we get Russo back and it fits with Ben's storyline. But the we later learn that the whispers are the the dead people on the island, Michael and whatnot. So it just seems so strange. If you hear whispers, you run the other way. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Uh, And I find it weird. I like this episode. I feel like part of it, they try too hard to redeem Ben, despite the fact that later in the very episode, he's about to murder someone with a sort of shotgun. Uh, So I don't know if it fits his character that he would let Russo live. I don't know why he lets her live. We've seen he would gladly murder a whole boat of people. Like, it's not like he has that conscious. I get the baby thing. It's a a child. But it seems a bit weird that then he he lets her live and says, if you hear whispers, and takes the baby and leaves her. Uh, So it's a tense scene, I guess. But... There's some iffy things with it, in my view. That's Well, that's what I love about Ben, is that, among the many things I love about Ben, is that even when they try to redeem him, he's just a moment away from still being an evil prick. Like, that's what's so good about him. Like, I just feel that you feel sympathetic enough with this guy who literally can kill people in a, on a whim and then he'll still do it and then get redeemed and he'll do it again. Then he'll get redeemed. Like it's just, you know, he's so good at that. And I just, I just love, that's what I love about his character. You know, it's kind of like, I love Gus on breaking bad and I could make an argument that yeah, Gus does bad things, but he's Gus really the bad guy in that show. Like I, I want to make an argument that Gus is just making a living does a couple of bad things along the way, but then poor old Walt comes in and takes it away from him. Like, Walt's the bad guy there. Screw you, Walt. Walt. Killed Gus. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, this is the thing with Ben. You just never know with him. Um, and I, I, I disagree. I'm glad we get this scene. I, I like the fact that we find out how he got Alex because I think I don't think we ever had that as a question, but we probably should have. Like, when he says, you know, he's she's not really mine, I, I took her or whatever it is, like, I want to see that. Like, that's a cool plot like and here we get it i mean it's maybe not as grandiose as you probably think it is but i mean you get a bit of a soft spot in ben's heart there for the fact that clearly he cares enough about this baby so and i I think the whole thing with the whispers it's kind of like yeah it doesn't make sense when you say it like that but like maybe that's just him using it like he knows that they're the dead voices she doesn't so it's kind of like a way of well i'm keeping you in line i'm gonna pretend that these these are us so do as you're told because i mean as we know you can never trust ben that's a true thing about any ben's by the way uh, so yeah, it's it's great. I love it. I, I'm glad we see this. Uh, yeah, I mean the parts of it I like. Uh, I like seeing Hot Russo, but I think it's the last time we see her. 
Um, uh, you just feel so bad for that woman. And then the fact that she just got like a shot and then was just gone. It's just sad. Um, but Ben, Ben takes the baby Bebe back to the <laughs> camp. Uh, and we get Dick Charles moment when he's like, what, what was I supposed to do? Kill it? Yes. Kill, kill it. And I like Ben. Kill it's like, baby. well, you do it then. <laughs> uh, ben would be so and, good at Survivor. I know we've said that so many times, but just make Ben a Survivor yeah. contestant. The manipulation. Oh. But yeah, I like that he says like you kill it, and then would Jacob want this? Um, and it says if this is what they want, you should be able to do it. And then we pause. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And then so Ben has a daughter. Um, wow, there's, there's which, words I never thought I'd hear. Dante Waterworth. Dante-ina Waterworth. So then we cut back to a, a scene where Ben's there and he's pushing annoying young Alex on the swing. Um, <laughs> Push me higher, Daddy! Push me higher! Juice uh, box! Milk! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, They're not so very annoying. good with the casting of little Colin, kids on this don't show. Know how Colin does Yeah, like no. That's that's always been my thing. Like if you if you've got children on a show, if they're annoying little shits, they ruin it. Like Collins is old people. He hates it when old people are annoying. But like just just little kids who can't act, like just take you away and push me high. Shut the fuck up and push yourself, you little shit. Well, yeah, this is still uh, the the age before good child actors. There was no expectation on child. Nowadays, it's like you need to have good child actors, uh, but this was still in that period where it's just like the expectation is they're going to be shit. Um, I did love when Ben's holding the bebe. He's not even attempting to not make it look like a doll. (laughs) Yeah, when he takes it. That thing would have a broken neck the way he's holding it. Yeah, when when he grabs it from Rousseau, like he literally may as well just have picked it up like by the head and just go, and then just like yanked it out. (laughs) Uh, But Ben's there and Richard's saying, well, you don't have to go. He's like, I do have to go. Um, This is where they go to the dock and uh, Ben and Whitmore, this time he's turned into Allendale. With hair. Uh, but Allendale's looking good with the set of hair, isn't it? Yeah. It's the first time I think I've ever seen Allendale with hair. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should uh, get some transplants or yeah. toupee or something. He's the, looking good, old Allendale. Advanced Hair Studio or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the Allendale Hair Studio. He could be get in on this business. Um, he should be more famous than he is, Allendale. Like, he's legitimately in everything. Like, how is he, like, when you talk about, like, Hugh Jackman and, I mean, you talk about Jai Courtney as a famous Australian actor. Like, Allendale is more famous than Jai Courtney. Has Allendale ever not played a bad guy? I've never seen Neighbours, but I I don't know what he played on Neighbours. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, he was very bad on the OC. He was sort of somewhat evil on 24. He was like the vice president who dethroned Dennis Haysbert for like six. Spoiler alert, if you're listening to this, and we're obviously clearly not up to that episode in season two, but Alan Dale. Actually, season two of 24 has got a lot of lost actors in it. You've got uh, Daniel Day. Kim makes his, yeah. Um, uh, what's his face? Um, John mm. Terry. Uh, Alan Dale. It's the season of. Who's that? Desmond, oh, Desmond's in season five. Up or Desmond? No, Desmond's in season five. He's a great character who just disappears and you think he's going to come back and you never see him again. So, 
but like, yeah, lost, that's our but he does come thing. back. In. Yeah, well, Daniel Day-Kim's in it for a lot longer than you think. He's in it for about two and a half seasons. Love Daniel Day-Kim. Oh, what a man. Uh, yeah, so uh, Whitmore uh, is being basically banished from the island because he broke the rule. Uh, he fucked he's... someone not from the island and had a kid. Bad Whitmore. <laughs> <laughs> he went off the island and banged some woman and then Who, Do we ever meet his, his banger? Do we ever meet Penny's uh, mum? We don't know Penny's mum. We only meet... Uh, Penny's uh, stepmom, or I guess Daniel Daniel Faraday's mom, but we don't ever meet Penny's mom, so it's just random woman. Oh, um, what a lucky woman she was! But what I, I don't get is clearly when Ben goes off the island in two thousand and five, when he you know does the donkey wheel. Clearly, this is not his first time off the island. He's clearly been off the island many times, the way he acts, like when he's off there. So I don't get that he's getting banished, but clearly in the next 10, 15 years, Ben goes off the island many times. But but, but the difference is, is that Widmore's a bit of a, you know, ladies' man. He's going off, you know, get women pregnant. <laughs> but I think Ben's still a virgin. I, You know, I was actually thinking when I was watching this episode, because he has a daughter who's adopted, Yep. Ben, Benjamin Linus is probably a virgin, right? Gee, why does that sound familiar? Benjamin is a virgin. That <laughs> sounds so familiar. Um, no, I mean, I, I think he's like, we never see Ben have a love interest ever, do we? In the, in the sideways, he does. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, like, I mean, come on. Like, but I, I'm saying this now. If he's not a virgin, he, he's good at what he does in there. Like he's a he's a manipulative. He knows what he's doing. He pushes buttons. He gets what he wants. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he, he'd rival Sawyer for a bedroom antics. He'd be good. <laughs> so the two versions have lost uh, Ben and Hurley. Oh, um, what a couple! Who would be the top <laughs> and who would be the bottom? Who, who's better, the two versions of Lost or the two versions of the Oz Network? <laughs> I wish there were two versions of the Oz Network. One would be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, poor Ben. Justice for Ben and his yeah. bedroom life. Give someone, um, someone fuck Ben. I love saying that. Maybe Jill the Butcher <laughs> that we met. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd see it. Um, or, you know, the the woman who's running the book club, who's baking muffins and whatnot. My baby. Yep. Yeah, my baby. Uh, guy in car from the other Cindy. week. Yeah. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> P. Uh, Ross. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's being banished. So Whitmore was, like, the leader, and now he's having to leave. And I like that Ben's, like, don't, don't, and Whitmore's like, you've come here to gloat and don't make it seem like it was my choice or that I wanted this. It's like, come on, Ben. <laughs> you clearly wanted this. Um, but do you like, this is kind of the first time that we really learned that Whitmore is like the leader of the others. Do you like this plot line or do you think it's a bit forced of we met this guy in season two and now they're saying all this time he was leading the others and whatnot? I I like it on the fact that it makes sense why he's got a, a you know a bug up his ass about the island you know because I think like you've got to give him something why is he so obsessed with this island why does he want to come back like I think that makes sense because clearly you know Ben's 
come in here, like we saw at the very beginning of this episode that Widmore was questioning Richard, why is he here? And then basically this kid has come in and just basically taken over Ben. It's kind of almost like what we got with Ben with when Locke came in. You know, he was kind of a bit threatened by Locke, right? So kind of it's obviously a bit of a pattern. So, yeah, I like it because you need to have a backstory of why Widmore is Widmore, right? And why he is so obsessed with this island and why he's so anti-Ben. So, yeah, I kind of do like it. Many people are anti-Ben. Yeah, I, I'm anti-Ben. Do they need a reason? Hashtag anti-Ben. I'm not anti-Ben. I'm anti-Ben. <laughs> You're anti-well done. <laughs> uh, so the next scene, so Whitmore's been banished from the island. Um, kind of sad that this is the last scene we get of Ben flashback as him, the leader of the others. There's like 20 years of history here of Ben as the others before 8.15 crashed. Kind of think it's a bit sad we never got a full kind of proper flashback episode of Ben as the leader. Do Refresh my memory, we might have already had it or we're going to get it. Do we get the sequence when, I think we do, or we have, where he kills all the Dharma initiative? We've already had that, the gas. Yeah, we've yeah. had that already, haven't we? Okay. Season three. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, no, I think you're right. Like, um, but I mean, may- maybe do you, do you think these are things that they like kind of keep up their sleeve of? Oh, maybe we'll do this, or hey, if we ever go come back again, like we've got plenty of stories to tell. You know, honestly, just uh, make a spin-off show. Just call it Ben, and just hey, every week Ben flashbacks. Yes, I'd be down. You had a movie called Noah, so uh, where, where's the TV series called Ben? I had a Michael Jackson song. Honestly, it's just, I'll take that. Every week, it's just a new Ben flashback. Previously on Ben. Pull off young. Previously on Ben. Next week on Ben. Make it this happen. week on an all new Ben. <laughs> uh, so this is. I really like this scene. We're back in 2007, a few days before the present. Oh, now this is great. Uh, and we're, we're at the marina and. Of course, we saw Ben on the plane with all bloody and broken arm, and we didn't really know what happened. This is where I like season five, where you've not been the highest on season five. The one thing, I and it's not my favourite season, the one thing I think it does better than any other season is it ties everything together really mm-hmm. neatly in a bow. So mm-hmm. all of these little things they introduced in the beginning of the season, we're now sort of starting to see all of these connections and they keep using this marina as kind of the hook. And then we, last time we saw Saeed, Naveen, sorry, uh, <laughs> on the plane and why he was there, which we hadn't seen before. And then where Kate went when she said, don't ask me about Aaron. And now we're seeing, so they drop all these things that aren't necessarily mysteries, but they're sort of unexplained things. And they sort of tie everything really neatly in a bow. So I think that's where season five excels more than any season that, Beginning, middle, and end, it all flows well, so well together. And it's something I haven't mentioned in quite a few weeks, but uh, chronologically lost. Um, like when you watch it, it like it, it fits in very, very well, like perfectly. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. And I would like to actually uh, next time I go to Hawaii, maybe I need to go visit this uh, marina, Noah, because maybe this is where shit happens, right? So it didn't, yeah. didn't look like LA at all to me. No. Like, I've no. been to this marina, and uh, there were not those boats there. Well, it's, it's funny. Um, I've been to I've been to the dock where the submarine blew up. I've I've stood on that dock oh, yeah. in in Hawaii. So, uh, yeah, but I they, so this wasn't I, part of the tour I idea. You, I don't know if you thought about this, but I mean, I, I 
I don't like to overanalyze it, but we do it just for fun. But did they sail this ship from Oxford to LA? Uh, probably. <laughs> didn't, we, didn't we? Where did he sail before? Where were they? Remember when they said we've got to go to Oxford? Because we, we questioned that. That would have been yeah, a long trip. Like they were in the Mediterranean or something. Yeah. And like, and this is the thing, like Oxford to LA, so you've got to go all the way underneath South America. Oh, no, I guess you've got the Panama Canal, right? But um, do they just let that open for like commer- like <laughs> passenger boats or do they have to go all the way below South America? That's a bloody long trip. Yeah, and that's not a big boat. And Desmond's got a car too. Is that a hire yeah. car or are they just living at this marina? Or? Yeah, why are they so um, rich? Like for someone who doesn't speak to a dad, Penny's well, a bit Penny. of a, you, you know, well, I mean, she's living off her dad's money, okay, for someone who doesn't have a relationship with him. Alan Dale's there. He's like, if you want your money, you got to give me a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> no Go kiss, on. no coach. No kiss, no coach. <laughs> give dad a hug. Come on. Oh. Uh, so this is a great scene where Ben calls up Widmore. And I like just Charles Widmore going about his office jobs and he's walking there and uh, he said, well, I'm going back to the island. And he's like, well, you can't do that. There's one more thing I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to kill your daughter because you killed mine. Uh, and I love Ben. I'm looking at our mutual friend now, which uh, Ben, Charles Dickens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you need some help with the literary references. In- Thank you. Thank you, uh, Noah. <laughs> uh, so it's such a great scene. I'm looking at our mutual friend now, and it's the name of the ship that your daughter's on. And then I love that Ben's walking up, and you just see in the background, Desmond, with quite a buffy head, Desmond, yeah. I thought. Um, what are you doing well, here? It's nice to see Ben back. <laughs> uh, uh, so then Desmond, oh, hey, boy, what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> Sounds like Devine Andrews. <laughs> what? what are you doing here? What? Uh, he shoots Desmond, which good acting from Ian Cusick with the, the falling over being shot, I thought. Yeah, I believe uh, he actually got on. shot. <laughs> Everything about this kind of sequence, and Sonia Wilder does a great job. And oh, she's brilliant. She's no Michael Emerson, but... Uh, Everything about the lighting and the framing, and I just, Michael Emerson, uh, my name is Benjamin Linus. Uh, I'm sorry that you got involved in this. Uh, and then what does Ben say? Like, your dad is a really bad man. Which <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh a little bit. So he's a bad man. Uh, Sonia Wilder does a great job uh, uh, playing this off. And so he's going to, I'm going to, sorry you got involved, but I'm going to have to kill you. Uh, your father killed my daughter, and she's saying, I don't hang out with my dad. I just take his money. Um, <laughs> and, and then this is where we get baby Charlie coming out. Oh. So go back inside, Charlie. And this is where Ben Linus goes, bang, 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 shoots the kid. Yeah, um, I wish. Like, no. I wanted, I, I, I'm on board here with Petty yelling at this little shit. I said, get back in the boat. <laughs> like, this kid, <laughs> mommy. Shut up! Shoot yeah. the kid! Juice box! <laughs> Push me higher, Daddy! Uh, and this is where Ben kind of gets distracted because there's a kid and it parallels what happened with Alex when he kidnapped Alex and Russo. Uh, so he gets distracted for a moment when he sees Charlie, starts to lower his gun, and this is where 
Dez is back and he just absolutely beats the shit out of Ben Linus, who's used to it at this point, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, That's on the honest and, trailer, right? Someone beats up Ben. <laughs> yeah. So, and then he ends up in the water, but that's how we find out. Uh, that's why he had a cast and was all bloody. Can I ask uh, just quickly, how like, does he break his arm when Desmond tackles him? Because I don't think we specifically see him get an arm injury. Uh, I mean, I guess in the water he got bitten by a shark. <laughs> yeah. um, the gun went off when it hit the bottom of the, the marina it went, boom! It was, ah! Now I was thinking about watching this And I don't think I've made up my mind uh, Would it be too dark of Lost And would it be absolutely too irredeemable To the point where we can no longer even watch Ben Linus on screen If in this scene we saw Ben Linus kill Penny Would that be too much for Lost do you think? And no. not having the Desmond Penny nice happy ending. I mean, I want the Desmond Penny happy ending. Um, oh, that's that's a service I'd pay for in a, a massage parlor. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a special deal with a I upstairs know. parlor. Come down to you know magic hands and get the Desmond and Penny happy ending. Um, an actual masseuse called Desmond and Penny come out, and it's a dual massage. <laughs> like you know, uh, it's for those who like I it both ways. Penny. Uh, yeah, while they quote lines from Lost. <laughs> I've always loved you. Go back inside, Charlie. <laughs> Say it again. Go back inside. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, no, I don't think so because, like, it fits in with the Ben character and it would be a shocking death, um, positively shocking. And then you've got Desmond on a crusade to kill the shit out of Ben. So uh, I guess but, but what happens with Desmond, though, then wouldn't really make sense down the line, right? Like you wouldn't have uh, electromagnet Desmond. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with it, but at the same time, I like my happy endings from Desmond and Penny. So, yeah, and Son- Sonya Welbeck, can I say I agree with you? She's amazing in this scene. She's so good. The Oz Network's Sonya Walger. <laughs> uh well, this is, yeah, I'm torn because in one way it would probably go down as one of the most memorable lost moments of all time. And this episode would probably be remembered as a top 10 episode if that had happened. It would top Anna Lucia and Libby, I think. Yeah. Uh, but because we, we're we talking about the episode out of order, but on the island he says, if you see Desmond Hume, tell him I'm sorry. And then if we just cut to this scene where he's on the marina and he just murders Penny and gets revenge for Alex's death, like, that would be pretty mental. But I also think it may be too irredeemable. I don't think you can ever you can ever relate to Ben if he murders the, the wife of the most beloved character on the show, I think. Oh, that's not true. Didn't kill Boone's wife. <laughs> Shannon. Yeah. Oh, uh, what a sexy couple. It's yeah, Ian Summerholder and Maggie know. Grace. That's an OnlyFans you'd pay a lot of money to watch. Come on. That's a happy end. Oof. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, so uh, in the end, maybe it's for the best. It would be too dark, I think, but wouldn't it just be a memorable moment, though? Um, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, this is such a great scene and having been, like, absolutely destroyed by Desmond. And I think... Uh, <sighs> I think this last time we see Des until the season six premiere, which is a bit sad. He's been very absent through this season. 
Uh, what is this? Is how many episodes has he been in this season? Has to just be five or six or seven. Is he? He's still credited as a main cast member, though, isn't he, Henry and Cusack? Or is he only ever yeah. guest star? He's still getting paid. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Henry's fine. He's, he's getting paid not to work. It's our dream, right? Colin, that's what he does. Do you have anything else to add on this sort of 30-year flashback? I mean, back to what I said about any Ben episode, I mean, it's just it's all riveting. It's all engaging. I, I love kind of seeing, you know, this backstory with Charles and, and Ben and then, yeah, like just the sadistic Ben. Like the one thing I love about it is just him, the way he kind of toys with Widmore when he rings him up and he's just kind of like, I'm going to kill your daughter now. Like he could have just killed her and then just gone, oh, by the way, I just killed Penny, knock, knock, Penny, knock, knock, Penny, and then kind of just like gone away. But um, no, I mean, Michael Emerson is just brilliant. I mean, yeah, okay, young Michael Emerson with the bangs is maybe a, a bit too much, but um. You know, uh, I mean, recently listen to our Breaking Bad coverage. Um, I mean, they managed to make Brian Cranston look young in the flashback when he's with uh, what's the face doing the whole scene on the chalkboard and the chemistry, and they make Anna Gunn look young. Anna Gunn, Gunn look young. Um, so I mean, it's doable in like the late two thousands. You know, so AMC did it better than ABC. There's a, there's a budget budgetary thing for you, but um, no, I love it. I I really like it. it's probably. I mean, there's some strong stuff to come on the island, but, I mean, I'd argue collectively the, the best stuff in this episode is the Ben flashbacks. When you do your Breaking Bad episodes, do you ever quote Lost with the world? Not, not, not yet. Now I must. You can do uh, that next week. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We've, this, this, it's it's interesting. Open up next week. Welcome to Breaking Bad. What? <laughs> you, you know, the, the funny thing is how we've just connected a bunch of lost actors in 24 and we've done so many different shows where we're trying to connect them all. And still to this day, I'm waiting to have the, the one actor who's in third watch, Nip Tuck and Lost, which it hasn't happened. But, um, the fact of the matter is on Breaking Bad, the one show we seemingly are finding all the ex-actors are from is Friends. Of all the shows, Friends has all the extra extra actors from it. So I know Vince Gilligan liked to cast comedic actors in, in the roles in Breaking Bad, but, I mean, who knew that Friends was so connected to Breaking Bad? Now, I don't think any lost actor ever appeared in Breaking Bad, unfortunately. Oh, there's got to be. No, there ha- there has been. I'm pretty sure there has been because I remember there was some random oh, person like oh, I'm an idiot. Uh, next week <laughs> we're going to have the bloody, uh, what's his name, Hank, the bald guy? Is it- oh, Dean Norris. Hank? Is he in Lost, is he? He's literally in next week's episode. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even know Dean Norris was in Lost. Uh, so, okay, well, he was in an episode of Nip Tuck. He sadly wasn't in Third Watch, so he's in three shows that we're covering. Is he in 24? I don't think so. Um, but, wow. Literally Dean Norris week. in Lost? I don't believe yeah, yeah. you. Uh, he's uh, hoping that Miles can speak to his dead son in the flashback. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that now, Next week. actually. I, no, but there's been someone else because I swear, like, we've we've brought someone else up and we've been like, oh, they were in Lost. Um, Would have had to have been a guest star on both of the shows. It wasn't Aaron. No, Aaron Paul was the lookalike. The lookalike Aaron Paul was in the, the weed episode, right? Um, yeah. And uh, what's his? Aaron Paul recalls he got hate mail from pissed Lost fans. What? <laughs> Why? Was it because of Fly? Um, how is this a thing? Um, 
A 250-word Sunday Night Live show. A bizarre piece of disguise hate mail he once received from a peeve lost fan. You know, I did receive a letter that was disguised as a really sweet letter during the shooting of Breaking Bad, he told James Corden. It had all these haters and smiley faces on. I tried to respond as many of these families as possible. I opened up and this guy screaming at me so angry that I won the Emmy over a couple of his favourite lost actors, Terry O'Quinn <laughs> and Michael Emerson. Uh, <laughs> wow. Fair. I like Aaron Paul. Very good actor. Terry O'Quinn and Michael Emerson shit all over him. Come we on. Well, we did a we one of the episodes, and again, the timeline is probably makes no sense, but um, I think it was the first year Aaron Paul got nominated and we were bemoaning the fact that he lost an Emmy, and I think he lost it to either Michael Emerson or Terry O'Quinn. And I remember saying on the episode, That's okay, fair. well, if he's going to lose it, he's going to lose one of them, I'm fine with that. So, yeah. yeah. If he lost it to Emily DeRaven, that's a different Oh, well, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Emily DeRaven and nominated for an Emmy just sounds so wrong. <laughs> oh, poor Emily. She's not even on the show anymore. Yeah. When do um, we see her again? When does she come back? Season six, I think, episode four or three. Oh. Or and Boone's, Boone's back next season, right? At least two episodes, yeah, yeah. isn't he? Quite a bit of Boone next season. Yay! Um. Okay, let's let's go through the off on island present day sort of stuff. So we haven't really caught up with these characters in a while. We've been really focused on Dharma. So it's nice to have a bit of change of pace. Uh, and this is where creepy Gummy Joe is just watching Ben while he sleeps, uh, and they're talking about. Well, what were you doing? Well, I was going to the other island because I need to face consequences. I want to be judged. I like how he says, we don't have a name for it, but I believe you call it the monster. <laughs> uh, so I'm going back and gummy, fake Gummy Joe says, oh, I'm going to come with you. Uh, and he heads back to the island because he's going to go and get a boat and go. Uh and this is where we get a nice little Ben Caesar moment where they're talking and it's just manipulative Ben. How do we know he wasn't already here? Maybe we should be worrying about him, <laughs> which I think that's like his survival, complete manipulation there. Uh, and then Caesar, don't worry, I'm, look, I'm looking after you, pulls out. Where did Caesar get his sawed-off shotgun from? <laughs> Didn't he get it from when he was in the barracks a few weeks ago? Didn't we see him get the gun then? When was Caesar at the barracks? That was when he was going through the we got we saw him like in one of the earlier episodes. He was like in one of the the buildings going through shit. Yeah, that wasn't the barracks, but oh, well, the barracks. Whatever it was, son and Kate, uh, son and Lapita. Oh, well, okay, Mister Lost Technical. He was in a building. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, and yeah, he shows the gun. And it's like, oh, I, I love it. I've got your back. Uh, so we need to be worried about him. And we talked a few weeks ago where, do you remember him from the plane? It's like, no one remembers anyone from the plane, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, and then uh, this is when we're at the Hydra office, which is what you were talking about. Sorry. Uh, yes, the is, Hydra office. How could I have been so wrong? <laughs> which when he finds a picture of uh, Alex. Which begs the question, Caesar was here earlier. If Caesar had just opened that drawer and saw a picture of Ben and Alex, he'd be having some questions. Yeah. Uh, I, I like uh, Man in Black or Locke where he's saying, oh, you, it didn't picture you running your people from an office. It seems a bit 
corporate. I like I like um, Dick Man in Black Slash Lost just sitting on his desk putting his feet up on the table basically <laughs> just like making himself at home. <laughs> Perry Oakwood is so good in this episode because he's so nonchalant but he's mm. still like imposing and it's almost like he's having a bit of fun. Uh, I like uh, when Locke's saying, well, when are we going to talk about the elephant in the room? <laughs> that I killed you? Uh, this is where we've got squirming Ben here. He's saying, you were going to kill yourself anyway, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> it's like, he's such a weasel, Ben Linus. Um, and he's going to go and uh, face the monster for letting his daughter get killed. Uh, and I, I like the lock says, well, all I'm looking for is an apology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's what is so good, though. Like, we're kind of you saying about how he's just having fun with this. But, like, again, we don't know who he is at the moment. And Terry O'Quinn doesn't know who he is at this moment. But it makes sense when you watch this and you know. Because, again, he's literally answering everything with a question. Like, he's just playing off it so well. Like, it, we brought up Steve Carell before. It reminds me of in The 40-Year-Old Virgin when they basically tell him how to flirt and they're like, just answer every question with a question. Um, clearly, that's how it works. That's how men get all the women, right? No, you can use that for free. Um, but I just, like, because, again, like, some you talk about manipulative Ben, like, manipulative Locke, like, just basically gets Ben to be like, well, I had to kill you because I had to do this and that and you were going to do it anyway. And he's like, well, I was just looking for an apology. Like, it's so good. <laughs> This is, I would probably argue this more than maybe any episode is the one where when you rewatch it, you watch it with a completely different lens. Mm. There yeah. are other episodes, but I would argue probably of all 120-odd episodes, this is the one that changes the most. Our initial Great. watch of this episode is absolutely completely different to our watch of it in 2021. Yeah, no, completely, completely agree. Can I just say backtrack as well with Caesar? Like... Spoiler, and I'm glad he gets shot. He's fucking annoying in this episode. Like, who is he? Like, I'm in control, and where are you going? Like, this is, like, annoying Jack. Like, if Jack was like this, like, our hero, at least at least our hero had some compassion, you know, whereas this guy just, like, he's getting voted out first on Survivor. He's just taking the control and doesn't know what he's doing. He's annoying. He deserves to get shot. Well, this is my, uh, I think, my favourite scene outside of the dock because I love when Ben's going and he said, well, I'm going to take an outrigger. And, uh, again, Weasel Ben where Caesar's like, are you going with him? And he didn't really give me much of a choice. (laughs) Weasel Ben. Uh, but I love this where you got like Caesar and his posse showing up and, well, I'm I'm the leader and you're not going anywhere. I like when they say, well, there's two other boats. We're taking one. Feel free to follow us if you want. Yeah. Uh, no, you're not going anywhere. And then Caesar looks to get his gun. And then Ben, <laughs> sadistic, one of the most sadistic things we've ever seen from Ben. He just has the gun completely blasts. This is such a great death. I think Michael Emerson's acting the way he shoots that gun and then Caesar's acting the way he just gets blown onto the ground. He just cold-blooded murders a guy in front of everyone. And like, the truth is he's posse. A, a long way. He's posse who are just like, whoa, bro. And then <laughs> I love Ben's line when he's just basically like, consider that an apology. Like, it's badass Ben. Like, you know, he just like, yeah, then just I love the way that like sort of Locke like gives him a look. But um, no, I'm with you. Like, again, this is what makes Ben so awesome. Like, he's just, you know, he's such a sadistic prick. And then he does it and you're actually kind of on board. Yeah, Caesar was annoying. Get get rid of him. 
Well, Caesar is such an interesting character because I could be remembering this wrong, but I remember during season five reading online that Caesar and Alana were being introduced as two new main characters. So when he was showing up in these episodes, well, I'm thinking like, oh, he's a new character. Maybe one day we'll get a Caesar flashback episode. He's going to be like, have like all the other characters, there's going to be some sort of mystery twist thing in his past that's going to be revealed in a flashback that makes us look at him in a different light for good or bad. I thought he was going to have some maybe connection to Jacob or something. Only for him to be the leader for a few episodes, only to just get absolutely shot and murdered and it, it is really strange i mean i don't hate it because i think you could have given all of these lines to alana but i don't mind that there's a character in a few episodes who then gets killed but i was reading about caesar earlier and apparently they had bigger plans for him but uh the actor decided that he didn't want to do it but i don't know if that's correct because i don't think actors just decide no i'm just gonna do three episodes that doesn't well, sound right to me i don't know i don't know the source on that i like i mean i think you can when you are a big deal like i mean it's, yeah it's, when you're adawali akanoa akabaji well, triple a you can do that i mean it's ironic you bring up dean norris because i mean he famously wanted to be cute uh, stop right now if you haven't if you're watching our breaking bad coverage like skip ahead for like the next 30 seconds uh he wanted to be killed off like halfway through season five because he had another show he wanted to do and basically vince gilligan um you know compelled him to stay so he ended up getting killed off in what the third last episode so um, you know, that was Dean Norris was like, well, I want out. I, I mean, he's Dean freaking Norris, you know, he can do what he want. Um, but yeah, like guy who plays Caesar, like, I mean, literally I couldn't tell you, I, I, I'm not even going to look it up. I, I mean, if I had to guess his name is like Jose Romero, I don't know. Um, but like, I mean, who is, who is this guy being in? I don't know. He, he's, the actor's name is actually Saeed. Oh, is it really? Um, why yeah. did he play Saeed? It made it better. Saeed Tagumi. Oh, the. I just. Like, I don't hate that he got killed off, but it just seems like they introduced him with more to do. And I, when you're in your second last season, you know the end date. There's no excuse for kind of at this point having loose threads if you introduce something this late into the show then have it have some sort of significance i want to backtrack and apologize to everybody right now i want to pol- i want to persist an apology to saeed tagahumui i do know who he is he was um in wonder woman he was samir did you see wonder woman he's cool i like him in wonder woman so i apologize i i take that back but in lost you kind of shit but um yeah, like, I mean, but maybe that's the point, though. Maybe that this is, like, the lost, like, surprise. Like, oh, yeah, we've got two new people coming in. So everyone's like, oh, sweet, you know, new character, new person going to get into him. Boom, dead within, like, three appearances. Like, oh, shock, plot twist. Apparently in 2008, <laughs> he started in Vantage Point with Matthew Fox. Oh, okay. I like here in uh, 1995. Matthew Fox did movies. In 1995, for a movie called La Haine, he was nominated for a Caesar Award for Most Promising Actor. <laughs> it was fate. It was meant to be. He was uh, in Three Kings. I like uh, that movie. Oh, he was in a movie called Hideous Kinky. I want to watch that. Yeah, so just a little bit of, let's see if there's any 
trivia. Uh, Caesar's first appearance appearance was meant to be because he left, but the footage was moved to the opening sequence of Life and Death, Jeremy Bentham. Uh, Caesar was the de facto leader of the Agera 316. However, he was quickly killed and Alana took control of the the group. This is was a similar the... fate plan for Jack and Kate in pilot part one. Yeah. But was he, I don't think he was the de facto leader. I think he just, he held a mutiny when poor old Lapidus went missing. Like Lapidus is a leader. He's a de facto leader. Screw you, Lostpedia. Don't take away from de- I mean, Lapidus. We don't really have much of a time this late in the show to be doing stuff, but I almost would have loved a bit of an episode where we see like Dick Caesar taking control and like meeting a few more of these guys. Maybe if we had 24 episodes in the season, but there's not enough time. For we have Dick Alana to Lapidus in this episode. Oh yeah. Uh, and then here, this is what I was talking about earlier. Tagamui was originally intended to be the series regular for season five before being toned, toned down to a guest star. <laughs> Subsequently, he was going to become a regular for season six, where he was supposed to have a big role, which was taken over partly by Zoe, one of the worst characters in Lost. Zoe. And also had, and he was also meant to have a large part in the series finale, but he declined because of other commitments. I'm going to need a stronger source for that one. That doesn't feel right to me. Um, I'm, I'm really failing to remember Zoe. Uh, she's the one that looks like Tina Fey. The one that looks like Tina Fey. Okay, she I'm comes up. in the sub with uh, with more. In oh, the, the last her. Season. Yeah, no, don't like her. No, she does look like Tina Fey um, though. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Fey would have been good on Lost. Oh, Kate. Tina Fey. Can we can we just can we stop and talk about Tina Fey? What a woman! I love. I like woman. Tina Fey. Oh, uh, one of my favourites. So, uh, yeah, Caesar's death, not going to be in a top 10 deaths, but pretty, pretty cool death scene, I think. Like, Just because he dies and ben Ben's Lider, cool. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he killed Locke and now he's killed Caesar. Um, but, yeah, that shotgun, my God. Uh, Can and I ask then a quick question? They... Sorry to interrupt you again. You asked, was it last week or the week before, about Saeed? Does he get more tail than uh, Sawyer? And we know. Does is Ben the most murderous person on this show? Does Ben kill the most people? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, Locke kind of maybe when he's a certain smoke monster, but I mean, yeah, it's got to it's got to be Ben. Who else would kill more people? A lot of characters don't actually kill many people on the show, really. Michael. Uh, Michael killed two people. Locke and he also Boone. set up the bomb on the freighter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, they, they set off on the boat. Uh, Ben's second try for the boat. <laughs> um, and this is where they head back to... Uh, this is where they head back to uh, the barracks and Locke is saying, well, you just want forgiveness for Alex's death. Uh, And I like, they look at Ben's old house and they see the shadow. And I guess we're supposed to think it's John Terry. Uh, So they go into their house and 
this way, uh, Ben scares son. <laughs> no, I think, I think Ben's you know, interrupted like in the son of Lapidus. No, I think he's into like son and Lapidus look like they've been up to something here because they kind of look flustered. They're like, oh, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this, like they were told by Kristen Shepherd to wait for John Locke. Must have been so awkward being in that house with just Sam and Lapidus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Lapidus has got charisma. You don't want to get stuck in a room with him. I'd be there, you know? They're not even like in the same room or talking to each other. She's just like pissed <laughs> off. Uh yeah, I think thank the Lord for Lapidus, like and thank Lost for I love that the show foregoes kind of realism for fun, witty kind of dialogue. And Sawyer's kind of gone here. Miles has gone here. So we've got Lapidus to light, lighten the load a little bit. So thank, thank the Lord for Lapidus. Um, There's a T-shirt. <laughs> but the, they show the picture of the Dharma crew. And uh, what does Ben say? Like, your friends worked for the Dharma edition? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which, and does that make, like, again, this is a time travel debate last week, but if that photo's always been there, would Ben not have seen that before or does he just not look at the photos of the Dharma Initiative? Or, like, when the, you know, Kate and Sawyer were living in the barracks a couple of seasons ago, would they have not seen those photos? No? Well, this is where kind of loss gets real. I mean, time travel gets real messy, but I wish they had enough foresight to, in season three or four, like somehow, like maybe show that in the background or something, not even make a, a dialogue about it, just like show it. So we're thinking, oh, what's that? And we forget about it. And then we think, oh, uh, but yeah, time travel is messy. Because isn't that The Shining? Isn't that how that ends or something like that with Jack Nicholson's like Photo is like in an old school photo or something like that. Spoilers for The Shining. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I actually haven't seen it, but like, I I know the <laughs> the twist at the end. Good film. Uh, but yeah, they they said they've been waiting for uh for John Locke, and uh, what do they say? Like, and we have a feeling that that's not going to happen anytime soon, <laughs> seeing as he's dead. And then Ben, look out the window, and Terry oh. Queen is so good. When Freely they lock. look out the window, he's just hanging out in the, and he's just nonchalant when he gives like the little wave. It's he doesn't even need to say anything, and he steals the show as this man in black character. It's just the honest trailer. It just reminds me of Friendly Lock. Hello, Ben. Hello, son. Hello. Like we used to talk about that with Echo. Hello. Uh, but like this is just Friendly Lock. Hello. Like waving. Like <laughs> I, if I ever met Terry O'Quinn, I would expect him to be that friendly. That's just Terry O'Quinn. We talk about Naveen Andrews on yeah. acting. That's just Terry O'Quinn. Hello, I'm Terry O'Quinn. I saw a video like a few months ago where I guess Terry Quinn wished a birthday message to someone and he, it took like five minutes and he was just giving little stories about uh, Lost and he was saying, I hope you have the best birthday ever. He's, he's on, um, uh, what do you call it? That that one that you could, I was about to say OnlyFans, not that one. Um, he's uh, <laughs> the, the one when you Cameo. send him money. Cameo. Um, and I've like, because I like it when you go on there and you kind of, you can watch the ones, um, you know, like that they've left behind for people. 
Um, and I think I watched a bunch of his once and he just like, cause they're only meant to leave one for like 30 seconds, but he's, yeah, everyone's really long. Like look at Lindsay Lohan's. It's literally the same for everyone. It's like 10 seconds. Like I'm Lindsay Lohan. Like, you know, like don't waste my time. Whereas Terry O'Quinn's just like, you know, leaving an essay behind. The other one that's really good is, um, Dylan Walsh, uh, Sean from Nip Tuck, who like, he goes out of his way to leave really long ones. So, um, we should do that. I, I, I'm going to splurge. I'm going to splurge. At some point, when I can afford it, and I'm going to get Terry O'Quinn to simply go, Hi, Noah and Ben. I love the Oz Network, and I would like to come on as a guest one time. (laughs) (laughs) What if you could do that? I wonder if, like, I could do that and force it. Like, is that a way of getting him on the show? By, like, I'll give you cameo money to do us a cameo, and will you come on as a guest? Sweet, Terry. I mean, it's not like he's got any work that's keeping him busy. Uh, Unfortunately, he did do. Um, can you imagine Matthew Fox's caveat? Well, I'm I'm just going to pull this page up to see what other life. Emily de Raven's on here. We're getting her. We are doing. Oh, it. we need an Emily de Raven cameo. Francois, ah, she is. That. She's on it. Oh, <laughs> we need Emily de Raven. Okay, so the Oz Networks Francois Chow Char is on there. Uh, How much for, is he probably? Only seventy five dollars. That's pretty cheap. Um, That's expensive for Francois Chow. <laughs> Who's paying that? Terry O'Quinn from two hundred dollars. Uh, oh, Ma- Mark Pellegrino from fifty dollars. Uh, we could get Jacob. Um, that sounds about right. Fifty dollars. Cynthia Watrous is from one hundred and fifty dollars. All right. We could get we could get Desmond <laughs> Henry Ian Cusick uh, one hundred and fifty dollars. Emily Durabin. Her, her, oh, who charges more, Henry Ian Cusack or Emily DeRaven? Emily DeRaven, I'm guessing. $175 for Emily DeRaven. She's a bit higher than she old Emily. I was thinking 50 would be good for her. There's one more, the highest, $310. Who do you think charges the most for a lost actor? Is it Jorge Garcia? It is not. He's not on here, sadly. Uh, Dominic Monaghan? It is Dominic Monaghan, $310 for Dominic Monaghan. How did I know that? Um, wow. Okay. I mean, he's got Lord of the Rings behind him, so that's probably there. So yeah. I'm looking here. Terry O'Quinn, book now for $200, response in three days. He's got five-star <laughs> reviews. Sure. From two, 255 reviews. He's got a perfect five-star review what? to which Good people Terry. have written. Amelia wrote a month ago, such a kind, thoughtful, heartfelt response. We had Terry record a cameo for our three daughters who are watching Lost with their dad. They were starstruck and so excited. We, mum and dad, were touched. It was so personal and engaging. You made their year. Thank you. Thank you. Amelia, Grace, Phoebe, Matt and Catherine. Aww. See, Emily DeRaven's ratings. Uh, <laughs> can we get her to just go, my baby? I'll pay $175. She's got 155 100 55 people have paid for Emily to Raven. Um, perfect rating of five star. Uh, to which someone said last uh, eight months ago, I can't express how thankful I am of you being on here and available to do these videos. We have been trying so hard to get to find to a con to see you, and hopefully we still get a chance someday. My wife loved the video and had a smile on her face from the moment it started and way past when the video stopped. First words after were, we really need to see her. Thank you again. Do hope to get to chat soon. I do run an online Comic Con, and maybe you as a guest, collectorsmaze.com if interested. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, good on Emily to Uh Yeah, got to make money somehow. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, she's looking good. Well, NITV, NITV probably doesn't pay well. Let's be honest. Um, she's got to pay to be on NITV. Eh? I mean, that's how they make their money, right? Uh, so this is where Ben's going to summon the monster. Uh, so he goes under his house and set design. This episode was oh, great. That's great. Yeah. I know there are some people who are like, oh, not under his house, sorry, in the temple, but there are some people who say like when stuff like this happens, oh, they never explained why there's this thing. I like that there's stuff on the island that's ancient and that we don't have an explanation. It it shows that there's been other people and there's history here. I don't need an answer for this. I just enjoy it for what it is. Um, And uh, this is where... uh, he also says to his son, as we mentioned, tell Desmond, I'm sorry. Um, and then Lapidus isn't able to, uh, isn't able to convince son to go back. So she's staying, uh, at the barracks and he's leaving off and gummy Joe and Locke are going to the uh, gummy Joe and Ben are going to summon the monster. Uh, and this is where, this has to be the big break for this guy, isn't it? When Le- <laughs> Captain Lapidus, Captain Lapidus, uh, <laughs> uh, when he comes back, I guess the character's name is Jed, apparently. Yeah, uh, the Jed. Jed was a passenger and survived. He may have been killed by Widmore's team, but nobody was ever shown. Uh, not even a casting call or trivia for Jed. This was his big break. Captain Lapidus, they've got guns. <laughs> oh, this guy was not good. Uh, I always like when they get like the the one line, two line extras in there. That's quite fun. Probably got paid more money for doing that than we've earned in our life. Let's be honest. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, they, they've found guns, and he says, "Who's found guns?" And this is where he goes up and uh, we we see Alana and she's asked what lies in the shadow of the statue, which we're going to hear a, a lot more in the next few episodes. And Frank's like, what are you going on about? So she knocks poor Captain Lapidus out. Uh, I don't know how you feel, but I find Bram, who we were introduced to, I think, two weeks ago, really unlikable. I'm not a fan of Bram at all. I, I mean, I don't um, like Alana, so, I mean, this is just, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan of any of this, to be honest. Poor Lapitas. Like, I, I like Jed. Like, he's, I mean, that's me. I'm seeing Lapitas walk up my bitch. It's Lapitas! It's Lapitas! It's Lapitas! There he is. I want to tell him about my day. Lapitas, I cooked some chicken today. Yay! Jed is a loyal Lapitas follower. I get him on Cameo. I want Jed on Cameo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I like I like the mystery of Alana, but again, I just think I'm sorry, Zulika Robinson. I just think as just not the greatest actress, and or her, maybe she's an okay actress, but miscast as Alana. Uh, and Bram, I just find so unlikable and so annoying to watch. But I like the scene because it kind of sets up the mystery of well, who are these characters that were on the plane, and what are they? Are they good guys? Are they, what are they doing with this box, and where are they going? So. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I'm with you for that, and because like this, what lies in the shadow of the statue? I mean, that's a great line, and even like I've seen this show how many times, but even I'm I'm struggling to remember why. Um, but I don't know. Like as I kind of mentioned, like Alana's just eh, I'm never I'm never an Alana fan. Um, so yeah. And the other guy, yeah, he's just a bit of a douche. So Paula Peters, 
just getting yeah, smacked just, around. Just came back on the boat and then get Jed's helping him out and then he gets knocked out. I wonder if He's they knocked Jed out too. Innocent victim. I mean, he didn't even know he was going to be crashing on this island. Like, a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, we're not going to Guam, are we? Like, you know, here he is. Like, he's probably, his wife's probably at home wondering where's Lapidus. Like, why do we never get the news reports of Al Jazeera flight crashing on an island? Like, where's the, is it the Al Jazeera 6 when they come back home? Like, you know. When are we getting the, the jet flashback, more importantly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Jed so in love with Lapita? He's sitting at home uh, watching TV. Oh, That's there's that captain. The <laughs> What's his autograph? The captain Lapita. What's his autograph? Um, can I just point out randomly, back onto the Dean Norris page, he's getting mentioned a lot this week, we can get a cameo of him for $300. So... <laughs> uh... So we, we cut back to them under underground. Uh, I love the the uh, the holes where the smoke monster comes out of. That's pretty awesome, I think. Uh, and it's really clever that you see that Locke is there, but then when the smoke monster's coming out, Locke's no longer there, which maybe the first time you're watching, you're not really picking up on that because you don't know. Uh, and they go through, they've got all the Egyptian stuff, which is such a great set. Uh, and the monster comes out, uh, and this is where he sees the projection, uh, which is quite a cool scene, only destroyed by having uh, having Alex and, I hate you! You're not bad yeah. like, Spe- Did they special show that scene? That kind of ruined it a bit, took you out of the moment. Special effects don't really hold up, I'll say. Uh, not, not the best. But, um, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's... Um, and kind of going back to your point before about the whole underground thing in the set, like I, I love kind of the ancient sort of temple settings and I just love just the knowledge that underneath Ben's house is like a freaking temple because why not? And then like he unplugs something. Like that's a bit of a foreshadowing, isn't it, to the fact that this whole show basically borders down to a plug in the ground. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah, I, I, I like, again, special effects may be a bit down, but um, it's it's – it's a bit like this is where I think they should use life and death. Like, you know, we talked about that last week with Kate, like how I got a bit teary because they play that. Like, play life and death here because, like, of all the memories here of Ben's seeing right now. I get it, that kind of that haunting sort of – is it Ben's theme or something like that that you hear? But um, it kind of works. But, um, yeah, like, it's – going back to your point about how this is a great episode to watch when you know what's happened or what's going to happen. Like, it's great to be able to kind of – put two and two together when it's like, well, Locke's never in the same room at this point and doing that. It's kind of like the sixth sense when you realise yeah. that Bruce Willis is never in the room with, you know, at any point. So, yeah. Oh, spoilers. Oh, he's dead. I hate that movie. Such an overrated You're ruining all the uh, twisty horror movie. I, I finally watched that, not, clearly knowing the spoiler, expecting so much. And I'm like, God, this movie sucked. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so we get the kind of the images. I really like this, uh, the smoke monster kind of projecting sort of a person's worst sort of sins or memories or what they want to see, I guess. And it's Ben atoning for his sins uh, with Alex, which has been the theme for the whole episode. Uh, And then we have uh, the smoke monster manifests itself into Alex. So we get a return of Alex. Uh, (laughs) And even though we're not supposed to know that it's Locke, I think most people watching this the first time knew that this was the smoke monster, this Alex. Like, I don't think anyone was guessing, uh, thinking about that. Uh, 
Great sequence, only brought down by, look, I like her. I know you've said in the past you had a crush on her. Don't think she pulls off menacing sort of yeah. smoke monster, to be honest. Uh, but we've got Alex, because this could be such an even greater sequence, because it is a good sequence. But we've got Alex just beating Ben uh, pretty much, and he's apologizing. Uh, and this is where he kind of makes the first acknowledgement that, okay, maybe I was partly responsible for this, uh, and it wasn't all before. Uh, so it's it's a big step for Ben's character. Uh, and it's such a great sequel to the shape of things to come. Like it's perfectly wrapping up that storyline. Uh, but yeah, she like pins him up against the wall and, uh, she's again, the acting is not great, but she basically says you need to follow everything that Locke says, or she, I will destroy you, uh, do everything or I will find you, uh, and then, okay, I will. I'm so sorry, Alex. And then this is where Alex disappears. Um, so this is where uh, it's so great with the Man in Black's 4D chess that we can look back on this episode because it, let's examine it. First, he was uh, movies John Terry, Christian Shepherd, and he said to Son and Lapidus, wait for John Locke. So that was the first step. Then he's back uh, as Locke, who's pretending to t turn alive. And we didn't mention the, the line in the episode, dead is dead, when he talks about did he, Locke. Because I'm not sure even at this point Ben is really convinced. I don't think he thinks it's a smoke monster, but he's suspicious. And dead is dead is the episode name. Well, he says so that at one he point. Tells to, to, and, yeah. He tells well, Son Sorry to interrupt. He, yeah. he says like about how this island has done miraculous things, but even he didn't think that this would be possible never brought someone back alive yeah. which yeah. is a great sequence but at the same time uh patchy died like five times so <laughs> uh yeah but so he, he talks to son and the peters then he goes back he's pretending to welcome to the land of the living and he's influencing ben he's turning them against caesar caesar gets killed he gets ben to go and they're going to go and summon the smoke monster together so he takes the smoke monster there and he's buddying up with Ben as John Locke. And then he lures Ben into the smoke monster, which is himself manifests himself as Manifest. the one thing Ben wants to see. <laughs> That's two times uh, now. Stop it. <laughs> the one thing that Ben wants to see is his daughter. And then he gets uh, Alex Russo to say to Ben, follow everything John Locke says, but John Locke is actually Alex Rousseau. So he's basically saying, follow everything I say, which spoiler alert later will end up with, uh, Ben killing Jacob, uh, basically for the man in black and the man in black kind of setting the scene for his big kind of mission to get off the Island. So this is like, he is just leagues above everyone else. And it, at this point, the viewers don't even know it, but he is playing the 4D chess game against Ben Linus, against uh, all the Ajira people, against Alana, who has this mysterious connection to the island. Uh, and we can track how he's basically setting the scene for the big final battle of the show. Uh, so that's what makes this episode so great in hindsight, which we don't even know when we're watching it. So we're, we're talking about things in this episode that – if we had done the recap straight after, we wouldn't even be able to talk about any of this stuff. And that doesn't happen much with TV shows. 
it, yeah, yeah, and that's why I think this episode is so great. And kind of I like that line from Ben when he's like, you know, oh, he let me live or whatever it is, and it's kind of. I like these sort of emotional Ben moments when he kind of, you meant to, I guess, feel really sorry for him and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, like I, I am definitely a fan of Alex. I would love for her to pin me against the wall, but she does not do this very well. Like, I, I would hope in real life she would pin people against the wall better. Um, but, yeah, no, she's not the, the best actress in the world. Uh, is this the last time we see Alex? No, we see her in the flash sideways, yeah. don't we? A fair few times, right? Yeah. She's yeah. in the sideways. Yeah. Oh, sideways, walls, this episode. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, chronologically lost makes this episode great. I mean, so many things make this great. So, yeah, I think a lot of why I'm going to rank this so highly is because I think it is it is so great and on the grand scheme of things, I think we've only talked this episode up in, in this recap to make it even better. Yeah. I just I find it so fascinating that almost – half of what we talked about were things that are all hindsight, uh, mm. which is just strange because we're not even talking about the episode. In a lot of, we're talking about, uh, I can't even word it properly, but the context of the episode is just completely changed watching it on a rewatch. Um, but yeah, he, he comes out of the hole and he says, the monster let me live. Uh, Great sequence, but I just feel like the episode ends very abruptly. Like it, it feels almost rushed at the end. Like this is big moment, and then he let me leave back. And I don't I know. Don't it feels like maybe one of the most abrupt endings of the show. No, I, I don't agree. Yeah. I think it, it's it's a lost ending. It's you know lost with the the word that comes up. Like that's kind of how they all end, right? Yeah, but it just seems like we have the big emotional thing, and there's no breathing point after it. Um, but Let's get into some of the – there's not a lot of trivia for this. Uh, the house is left the same as when we last saw it with Locke, Sawyer, and Hurley playing Risk. Uh, apart from the video again, this is the only time we see the monster underground. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Fox, Jorge, and Evangeline Lilia are just seen in the photo, but they don't star. Uh, only four main cast members are, appear with speaking lines, uh, Desmond, Ben, Sun, and Locke. Uh, and then – uh, this is kind of interesting. For the third time in the series, only two of the original 14 cast members appear. So only Sun and Locke are mm. the only two from the original gang, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and Desmond makes his return after being missing for five episodes. Uh, uh, David Esley is not credited in the press release for his role as Aww. middle-aged Charles Whitmore. Oh, justice uh, for David Esley. And this is kind of interesting. Sterling Bowman, the young Ben, is the only actor to appear in the last four episodes. So the most prominent character in season five is young Ben. Uh, and I like here that it says, the actor portraying teenage Ethan is not credited in the press release and also not credited in this trivia note. <laughs> they don't even say his name here. Who cares? You know, that's annoying <laughs> shit. And as you said, this is the lowest rated episode of all time with 8.5 million viewers, which is I, I, really interesting. Uh, the episode had 14.91 million fewer viewers than Man of Science, Man of Faith, the highest episode. Wow. That's more than half um, the population of Australia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's it for Dead is Dead. Do we have any questions and answers? 
I, I guess dead. the big thing would be Alana and the yeah. shadow of the Seth. What? What? So I guess that would be what does Alana mean from what? What? What does in yeah. what is it in the shadow of the what? Yeah. Who are Alana and Bram, and what is the shadow of the statue saying, or something like that? What does in the shadow of the statue mean? Sure. Um, why does Jed love Lapidus? Well, no, we know why. Because Lapidus is awesome. Why? Did... <laughs> Damn it. Um, I don't think we've had anything answered, did we? How did Locke come back to life on the island? Not yet. Um, yeah, the baby. Unless there's anything cr- about Weedmore on the island, yeah, we know now he's the leader. Was there anything there? Yeah, I'm thinking we. I thought we had something on that. Uh, who is Jacob? What is Purple Sky? What is the Forto statue? Uh, no, maybe we don't. Well, let's go backtrack and put it in to make it sound smart. Uh, so, uh, quite a long one, but we've had a lot to talk about in this episode. And Ben ones are probably going to always be a bit longer. Uh, well, well, that's that's just fact. Ben ones are always longer. <laughs> ben ones are, but Bean ones aren't. Yeah, um, <laughs> Benjamin ones. Uh, so I kind of have a feeling I know what you're going to do for this episode, uh, but let's hear it from the man being himself uh, renting or binning or buying this episode. Dead is dead. I'm absolutely buying this one. Um, yeah, I, as I said, I think this is the best episode of the season so far. Um, I mean, great performances, great acting. The flashbacks are interesting. The on-island stuff is interesting. We've got TV's Terry O'Quinn and Michael Emerson kicking it out of the park. Uh, you know, we've got a pretty prominent, important episode. We've got Lapita's looking sexy even when he's getting bashed up. We've got Jed. Um, what's not to like about this? Well, I guess Alana, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Sonia Waug is magnificent, magnificent as Penny. Uh, you know, any Desmond's good Desmond. So, yeah, I've got this ranked 39th. Out of uh, 98, we're only two away from 100. Uh, so this is by far the highest season five episode. I've got this just below Meet Kevin Johnson and just above The Economist. Wow, you're at The Economist. High. I, I do. Number 40. I like The Economist. Where did the Hollywood Reporter put dead? Is dead? Oh, that is a great question, Noah Groves, and I have that available. Uh, number 26. Uh, one spot oh, ahead. you put it. One spot ahead of Catch-22 and one spot below All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. Love that episode. Um, yeah, you're on a buying streak for season five. I know. This might be a record. I don't know. You give yours, but I, I think has this broken my streak. I'm scared because I'm not loving this season. Four, five, six, seven. Clearly, I, you don't know yourself. Eight in a row between... Season three, episode nineteen, and season four, episode three. I've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've equaled it. So if I buy some like it, Hoth, this is my longest buy streak in lost history. Wow! It's all on Dean Norris. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember. I'm pretty sure I like some like it, Hoth. So yeah, well, you, you haven't episode. even bought that many in a row. Your record, by the looks of things, is six, seven. You bought seven in a row between well when I started between the brig and confirmed dead. You rented the Economist while I bought the Economist. So there you go. There's a lot riding on uh, some like it. Hot. Wow, record breaking uh, week uh, next week. 
you're just going to bend it just just yeah. <laughs> just cause. <laughs> uh, which is kind of interesting because I'm not a lot of my opinions change on this rewatch and our discussions, but I would personally say that the variable would be a buy episode. The incident part one and part two would be a buy episode. And I think there's a, a big case for the follow the leader to also be potentially a buy episode. So you could be potentially on like a, what, 12, that could be an Oz Network record. But perhaps. Oh, no. No, no. I think I had a very long streak over on third watch and Nip Tuck. So I think, uh, yeah, Nip Tuck, I went a whole season. I didn't, I didn't, season four, I bought every single episode. And then so I went from episode 14 of season three right through to episode one of season five buying. And then third watch, I'm pretty sure I went on a really long streak too. Yeah, no, I'm not close to the. I'll have to. I'll I'll do the sums, but I'm pretty sure either the third watch or Nip Tuck ones are pretty long stretch there. Well, seeing as we're going into season six, uh, you're definitely going to beat me for lost buying streaks. There's no way I'm <laughs> going to beat your season unless you've been some like oh, um, maybe. Uh, yeah, coming into this, I was a high rent. This episode discussion has put me onto a buy. Wow. Um, yeah, I've been turned around from the, the recap, Ooh. which happens every now and then um, for all the reasons that you said. And Michael Emerson is just so damn good. And Terry O'Quinn is just so damn good. And uh, the, the, I like seeing kind of the, the flashbacks of characters that aren't the 815 people. And I like seeing Ben as the other's leader. And the Marina scene is so good. Uh, and it's brought down by the tenure Raymond sort of acting, but the sequence with the smoke monster and Ben where he repents for Alex's death is such a great conclusion to that storyline. And it's such a big Ben episode. It's not my favorite Ben one, but it's such an important sort of Ben episode. Uh, and it ties so well together with all the stuff that happened off Island and everything. Um, so yeah, dead is dead. Solid episode. I wouldn't have it as high as you had it or as high as the Hollywood reporter had it. I like shape of things, shape of things to come better and the man behind the curtain better, but uh, it's definitely not my least favorite Ben episode. Cause that will go to Dr. Linus next season. Um, a lot of my least favorite episodes will come from next season. Um, but yes, dead is dead is a really solid 42 minutes of TV. And I'm sad that we're nearing the end of watching Michael Emerson. Cause I'm definitely not going to be watching evil. So oh, um, can we not do one episode of evil just to see if that a person's unknown. Um, I, okay. I've quickly done the sums here. Now I just really quickly scrolling through. So um, Nick over on breaking bad had 12 episodes buying in a row. Uh, on third watch, I had 15 buys in a row. On uh, Nip Tuck, I had 18 buys in a row. But technically, the record could go to Darvell, although there's a bit of an asterisk to this one. He had 21 episodes in a row. But having said that, that's 21 episodes he was on. He did miss... They weren't consecutive episodes. So like he missed, say, four in one season, then came back and been, uh, bought like four of them, missed another two, came back. So they're not consecutive episodes. They're just Darvell episodes. So take that out of the equation. The record is 18 that I bought in a row of Nip Tuck from season three through to season five. 
Yeah, unfortunately, in that firing line is what Kate does. So <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's going to fit in the range, unfortunately. And shorter seasons though too, Nip Tuck. So uh, they only did sort of the twenty-two episode season for season five, which was sort of split into two. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with Nick with twelve and Breaking Bad in a row, and I, and like we're only at the moment, at time of recording this, uh, just at the end of season three. So I mean, you know. Getting into what we get in season five and season four, we could we could break that in in Breaking Bad. So, yeah, I think lost early episode. I think you may be buying the premiere of season six, part one and two, but after that, those early episodes of season six get a bit a bit dodgy. So, um, so you'll probably love them. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're all about Kate, right, and Boone. So I'm in. <laughs> what Kate done? Um, um, well, and we got Squirrel Baby, so we might put a buy oh, on to Squirrel, squirrel baby. baby. No more Bebe. Um, okay, so next week is the uh, Some Like It Hot, which we've. It's actually weird to think is going to be our first ever Freight of Folk single episode. We've not mm. actually had up to this point. We're at the, near the end of season five. Uh, I'm going to say on go on record and say this is probably the last sort of fun episode I've lost. I'm not saying there's not fun moments after in season six, but this is the closest thing we will get to a sort of early season, sort of Trisha Tanaka is dead sort of episode. There's a lot of fun. It's a very lighthearted, fun episode. Uh, and we liked, we loved Trisha Tanaka is dead. Um, but some like it has a bad reputation, but, I've always really enjoyed it. I like getting Miles' backstory. I don't love everything that happens with Miles' backstory. And I love Hurley riding Empire Strikes Back, and I love the dynamic of Hurley and Miles. Uh, so, yeah, this is probably our last fun moment before some pretty heavy sort of episodes coming. So I think we've got to relish and enjoy sort of Lost at its kind of quirky and lightheartedness next week. So let's learn about Miles. I, you just mentioned relish. I'm thinking about cheese and relish. I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it yet, but, like, from what I remember, I mean, I've referenced it how many times of certain scenes that I remember. Uh, so, like, surely that to me has got to be meaning that I enjoy this episode. So, um, and now that with the addition of um, TV's Dean Norris, uh, the yes. third show that we've covered him in, uh, you know, I, I'm down. In all seriousness, I love Dean Norris. I mean, who doesn't love Dean Norris? Maybe his ex-wife if he's got one. I don't know. But, um yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because it just seems to be one of those ones that I somehow remember so much from it for some reason. So, yeah, uh, will it break the record for Ben Byers of loss? We will soon find out. Uh, until next time, let us know what you thought about Dead is Dead. Uh, is it true that Dead is Dead? Um, is it true that Michael Emerson should be in movies? Yes, it is. Is it true that Jed is underrated? Yes. Uh <laughs> Until next time, thanks for listening. Do all the stuff that you do uh, and clean your house and stay safe. <laughs> uh, oh, we've got to give out some. Uh, uh, underrated closing yes, line. Please. Clean your house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing Trying that. Something new. I'm going to steal uh, that. I'm stealing that from now on. <laughs> clean your house. Uh... And yeah, until next time, my, my, my name is Nora and bye bye, baby. 
And my name is Ben, and I was going to close with, uh, I'll be seeing you, boy, but bugger it, my name is Ben, and clean your house! Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>